holy 80s and 90s. We've got guest stars left and right bringing us all the way back. That means nothing to me because I didn't start reading comics till Krakoa. Deadpool, Cable, and a fiery guest that you don't even know about. Oh, snap. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Mysterious Justin. Ooh, you'd think still channeling those spooky Halloween vibes even though Halloween is over. Halloween is forever. Halloween, Halloween is amongst Emma. us. With cosplay especially, I feel like Halloween has taken on new meaning. Well, cosplay and Halloween are different, but okay. But share similarities in the Venn diagram of costumes. Yeah, that's true in the Venn diagram of costumes. Give me that rundown. All right. What's up, y'all? Today, we are talking about X-Men Unlimited number 59, Mm. Deadpool number one, and X-Men Red number eight. And a surprise, Captain Marvel number 43. What? 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 I forgot that I, I heard about it yesterday, forgot that it was involved in Mutant Stories, knew that the second or third issue, especially because X-Men are on the cover, mm-hmm. they are heavily featured in this issue. Oh, okay. And I did not tell you because you just got home and I was like, all right, let's just go for it. And <laughs> I, you can flip through. I only have it digitally because they didn't have any more at the shop. But well, we'll be kicking it old school then. You'll be telling me what happened. Yeah. Just like the OG days of the That's podcast. What I, I honestly, for a little mixture i've thought about this a couple weeks in a row some of it's just i i want to do other things when i'm home and others is just like oh yeah she's got notes so i don't have to do anything so <laughs> i was like what if what if i just didn't do notes and reacted after i read it a couple times because i still want to read them multiple times like i read x-men read at least three times at least three times i read deadpool twice wow i read them all once well that's you that's who I am. That's who you are. Speaking about rereads, oh, I got randomly sucked into the wormhole that is Marvel Unlimited last night and read the first six issues of Astonishing X-Men. Oh just because. Just because. Just read the next three or four issues today on my lunch break. Just because. Okay. You know, first appearance of Abigail Brand. Oh, Oddly relevant. timed, right? Relevant, relevant. First appearance of Danger. Oh. And, and armor? Where is Danger? Yeah, we don't know. She's off doing her own thing. Where did Danger go? Because we still have Deadpool. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Well, I mean, that wasn't really news. That was more personal updates. But I guess <laughs> Could it's time. Be considered news, I guess. Personal news. <laughs> time for the regular news. The regular news. The news. Whoa. He's <laughs> throwing in some acoustic bebops you weren't ready for that i was not you weren't ready acapella is the word word i wanted yes free comic book day has been announced six months in advance but just to get you teased and ready to go free comic book day 2023 avengers slash x-men number one features a pair of all new stories that set the stage for the next evolution in mutant adventures fall of x and introduces an uncanny new lineup for a new team book launching next year Plus a preview of Jonathan Hickman and Valerio Skidi's upcoming mystery project. Oh, well then. Am I thrilled that the Avengers and the X-Men are smooshed together again? Uh, it's like, it's very light on Avengers in that it's Captain America and Quicksilver. And then I guess 
Deadpool and Rogue has been an Uncanny Avenger. But that's where everybody thinks this is leading. Like a mm-hmm. new Unity Squad, a new Uncanny Avengers lineup. Well, I lineup. mean, Captain America has been rebirthed in the way By of the means. means, right? So... There some I guess people, that makes sense. There were some people that were wondering, like, is Captain America mutant now that he's come through the egg? I don't know about I that. I don't know. I don't think that gives you an X gene, so. I mean, who knows? And is that Cyclops rocking, a, like, a hybrid Cyclops-Captain Krakoa look? or It is just Captain Krakoa. Oh. Heavy on the butt chin. I don't think that's Cyclops. I mean, like, it. who else wears Captain Krakoa? But that's part of the conversation. It wasn't meant for him. Mm, right? right? So it could be literally anyone just wearing the Krakoan outfit because I don't think while Cyclops did reveal that he was alive, I don't think it was ever said that he was Captain Krakoa. Oh, yeah, that's true. They never were like, I've been acting as Captain Krakoa the whole time. I've been here the whole time, losers. Well, maybe Captain Krakoa is Doug. That's what actually, um, I think someone suggested that in the group chat that we're in. Oh, that makes sense. Someone with relevance. And, and I think that when, does not have often com- combatant powers, even though he has been written to right. have really great combat skills. I feel like that's who Forge mentioned when he was saying this wasn't meant for you. Right. It was, it meant, was for meant for, the, for someone. Well, it was meant for the people that don't have battlefield powers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's meant for. Well, who else has a butt chin? That's know, the real so, question. So many we, need, we need a guess who style lineup of the X-Men. Someone, All mutants, so someone, I can see if they have a butt chin or not. Someone, I can't remember who, suggested it might be Havoc after his fallout with, and he's also previously been on the Unity Squad, so he was mm. on Captain America's team with Rogue and other folks. And was that Quicksilver also on there? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Think they're going to retcon the retcon and make him a mutant again? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think so. No, because they just went through all that stuff with Wanda. I don't think they would do I that. I just feel like that's a, a back and forth, you know? Okay, Sarah, Sarah. There was also a, a Spider-Man and a Venom combo free comic book day. Okay. So two other stories Venom. in the way that they do that. And a Marvel Voices free comic book day. Cool. And a Spidey and his amazing friends for kids. For kids. Free comic book day is May 6th. So May we've got some time 6th. to prepare. It's a Saturday. Getting cl- It's pretty close to my birthday. You there know. you go. Could have been on my birthday. No. Oh. No. <laughs> You're not that special. Hey, the 30th anniversary of X-Men the Animated Series was this week. Yes. On Halloween. Happy Halloween. Monday, October 31st. Was 30 years since our, our ragtag bunch debuted on Fox Kids. Young so they, Justin was super excited. They premiered on Halloween? Yes. That's cool. All the way back 30 years ago, October 31st, 1992, getting people excited about what was to come. Night of the Sentinels, the presumed death of Morph. I opened my Morph action figure in celebration yes. of this holiday. <laughs> this holiday. My friends. <laughs> and was oh man, putting him in a very uh, dangerous situation with Mark Robert. You know, they don't they oh, don't get along. Right. They don't get along. But Mark Robert wanted to watch Night of the Sentinels. He brought out the VHS was holding it up. I'm like, no, no. Let's watch this. No, no, it's Hocus Pocus time. Yeah, no, we have to watch Hocus Pocus. Sorry, Mark Robert. In, in the back of my mind, I was like, do we start watching the animated series? Is this like a thing? And 
But then I don't know. I, I didn't want to bring that up. And then... Not on Halloween. Okay? No, because right, right, right. I have other things I need to do on Halloween. I know. But I could be swayed into watching the end of the series. Yay. That's all my news. Okay. What about that poll? Hey, we had two entries into the poll. How do you how do you think your boy did? This I is... don't I don't think he won. Um, I'm gonna say he didn't win and I'm um, gonna say it was like Let's see. Definitely X-Men Red won. And I'm going to say it was like 93% X-Men Red. 88% Dang, I should have won my Red. first gut instinct. I was going to say in the 80s, but then I was like, nah, people. You know, I'm, I was surprised to see Deadpool have the handful of votes that he had. As, as you know, I enjoyed it. It was not what right. I was expecting. Uh, not in a positive way, but I did enjoy it more the second <laughs> time. <laughs> So we'll get to it. Not in a positive way. <laughs> I said I enjoyed it, but it was not what I was expecting <laughs> at all. Anyway. You just said it with such like <laughs> like glee, just not in a positive way. Oh, man. Got him here with me. Marvel Legends, Deadpool, the retro. The retro and the, and un- the underwear one. Underwear variant because I had to have that for the Build-A-Figure piece. Obviously. I set up my wall of Wolverines. Now we're getting on tangents. It fell over a couple times. Yeah, you can. Justin will be in this room working on action figure displays, and I'll be in the other room, and you just hear like tumble, tumble, ah, dang it, from afar. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, someone fell over when Domino affected 27 other figures. Yep. Did you ever reveal the number of Wolverines since you bleeped it out the time that I said it? <laughs> no, I didn't. So no, so nobody can ever know? Nobody can ever know because I also I got a new one technically in the Mojo 4-pack, the little baby Wolverine. I haven't opened them yet. And there's also there's the Hugh Jackman Wolverine down on the bottom that I haven't opened either. And technically the VHS animated. Also, you Wolverine. have Wolverines in there, but there are still Wolverines in this bucket. Well, those are Toy Biz Wolverines that have been retired. Oh, because but they still count. Oh, no, no, no. They're in the tally. They're okay. just not on the shelf. I Got don't... it. And do you count Laura? Do you... I have two Lauras. Technically, no, she I have doesn't three Lauras. Because I mean, she's on the shelf. She's, she's on the shelf twice. Okay, but she is her own Wolverine. Like, I want to know how many Logans you have. Okay, that's good. But I also, I, and now again, rabbit hole. But <laughs> I am very particular about my action figure displays that you cannot have multiple versions of the same character on one shelf or display unless it's intentionally for a reason. Like if you're doing a Spider-Verse or a Wolververse, mm-hmm. whatever it is. like. So would this be a Wolververse? Yes, that would be like the, the wall of Wolverine I've been calling it okay. to the bubs. The wa- to, to the bubs, you've been telling the bubs. This is the wall of Wolverine. <laughs> to, to people that I talk to about these types of things. Yeah. Check out my stuff. <laughs> Look at my stuff. I got all the bubs. I got all the bubs. We're here. We're hanging out. But like the Spider-Man villain shelf cannot have multiple Spider-Man. The Avengers shelf cannot have multiple of a character. Now, what do you do in a situation where you've got like you've got the Krakoan X-Men, you've got the 90s X-Men, you have had X-Force set up, all of these different displays, which would technically require a Wolverine. Oh, yeah. But now... They've been gutted. They've been gutted and they're all in the wall of Wolverine. So then these Un- displays are just uh, missing a Wolverine. Uncanny X-Force Wolverine has been pulled. So has X-23. As has the Wolverine that was on the animated shelf. He's been yeah. pulled. This is... Krakoan Wolverine was never up there. D- a difficult balance, you know? Which is weird because of my X-Men villain shelf, I will take... Emma and Shaw from, and Mystique and Sinister from the Krakoan era, 
and put that back to the villain shelf because that's in my mind more important more important okay so it's it's level of importance i make the rules like, yeah, yeah. i'm just wondering what they are <laughs> That's basically it. Right. So when one of the, the nephews comes over and is like, hey, what's going on? I want to play with your toys. Can I check out your stuff? Well, that's what we have Apocalypse and who else for? Oh, Hulkbuster, Iron Man, and yeah. Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and the Sentinels. They're fun. The Sentinels. Anyway, anyway, let's talk about X-Men Unlimited. Yeah, why don't we talk about comics or something? Isn't that what this podcast is for? The fall of the House of X and almost my tablet <laughs> as I violently pick it back up. Oh, it gave me a fright. A little spooky story for your Halloween. This came out on Halloween as we tell campfire stories. Was it spooky? No. Or was it just the giving tree gone wrong? You kind of, I guess. <laughs> Basically, Doug tells us a story about the first mutant to cross Krakoa's path since it separated from Morocco. Yeah, so after Apocalypse and Genesis left, he had never tasted mutant blood like this. And the interesting caveat of Silas being geokinetic, mm-hmm. the ability to control nature and so, natural things. So therefore, Krakoa could not drain him and could not affect him. No, he had power over him. So Silas comes to the island. He's sad about his wife dying, who I think was like going to be like, hey, I'm pregnant. And then she Yeah, she had, something, she had something she, she needed to talk. She put her hand on her stomach. It's like, yeah. I have to tell you something. And then a storm took their ship down so silas makes his home on krakoa yeah and gradually tears out pieces of the island to build his raft build his mansion of his dreams and then build an even bigger mansion just and further piss off the island and Krakoa's just not having it so he's like okay like, let me zombie puppet your dead wife to yeah. push you out a window which doug doesn't get the irony of that story but if you know your classic new mutants and you look at warlock you might know what I'm talking about. Well, Warlock, I don't know. Warlock did not understand when Doug died what that meant. Mm-hmm. So we basically puppeted his dead body amongst the rest of the New Mutant clan. Oh, and Doug didn't know because he was dead. He was dead. Yeah. Rough. I don't think anybody told him. It was like, hey, fun story. By the way, while you were dead. Hey, Banshee, guess what Moira did when you were dead? Woof. <laughs> I'm having fun with it now. <laughs> I'm having fun. I've grown as a person. We're moving We're past. moving on. Okay. Well, good. And well, that's X-Men Unlimited, basically. Yeah, Silas falls out the window and dies, and the monster is misunderstanding. That's the moral. Thanks, Doug. I like how the kids were like, that was a that dumb was a story, dumb story. Doug. Whenever you end your story with, that was a dumb story, it's like you're, you're preempting the audience telling you, that was a dumb story. Yeah. That was not a campfire story. Alex Packnadel with art by Nick Roche. Colors by Lee Lowridge and letters Joe Sabino. Of he course it's Joe, Joe Sabino. Sabino. He's always on the he Unlimited. <laughs> Are you ready for a rogue rescue? A rogue rescue? Captain Marvel coming at you. Oh, we're talking about that one first. Yeah, well, I mean, I felt like it wasn't really an X book, but got it you, will be I got soon. You. Okay. Also, Hit that's not the it. title of it. I just like calling it that because that's thematically what it's about. But okay. it is Wait, re- Captain Marvel? Rescuing Rogue? Yeah. She's not bitter still? I mean, that was decades ago. That was that was at least three days ago in Marvel time. Okay, all right, fine. Revenge of the Brood, part one. Ooh. So you know I'm excited about this. You know, because the Brood are involved. Yeah. We've got Binary in Distress. Apparently, Binary is a separate person from Carol Comics. I don't know. Okay. Didn't know it. 
didn't, didn't have enough interest to look into it further. Written by Kelly Thompson, art by Sergio Davila, inks by Sean Parsons, colors by Arif Prianto, letters Clayton Coles. You see, it's Clayton Coles. Uh, no. <laughs> I can't see it, so I don't know if you're lying, but I think you are. Covered by Juan Frigieri and Jesus Arbutov. This is the cover. That's a pretty dope cover. Oh, that is a nice cover. Yeah. Let's give that baby a page turn noise. Or no? Is it high level? It's, it's definitely high level. Page turn noise. It's definitely high level just because you haven't read it and I only have some quick thoughts. Okay, we'll give it a quick one. Page it's also not paper. It's digital. Okay, well, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> anyway we open up with Carol and Rhodey in love. Oh. Hanging out. Like War Machine? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, you didn't know. I didn't know. There you go. They're in love. And they get a distress call. Carol gets a distress call from Rogue. Oh, my god. Specifically goodness. calling Carol. She's like, uh, I got to go figure this out. I'm going to go head to the X-Men. As they fly, Spider-Woman calls him up. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm just, oh, we're going to hang out with the X-Men, kind of. I'm like, oh, can I come? What do you mean? I've always wanted to see their treehouse, and I don't want to just be a tourist. <laughs> can I come for, like, official hero business? Um, okay. Okay, sure. Okay, sure. And she is freaking out the entire time. She's like giddy. She is fangirling hard. Look at her. She's so she's happy. So happy. I mean, wouldn't you be that happy if you got to go to the treehouse? Are you kidding me? You've heard me talk about the treehouse. It's amazing. <laughs> Cyclops is so brooding. Oh my god, what is the matter? But he's greeting them. This seems Welcome like it's to my house. It's set a couple months ago because we do have year one of the X Men team oh. as our roster. Right? Okay. So we've got Laura. We've got Lorna. Jean is excited, beaming with joy to see Carol and greet her. But Rogue isn't here. Oh, no. As they pull up this distress call and Gambit casually walks in, complaining that there's too many people here. It's crowded. And <laughs> wait a minute. What's going on with my wife? What's happening to my wife? <laughs> like, uh, we're trying to figure that out. Did she tell you where she was? No, she did not. We're not exactly the codependent types. <laughs> I really like this. I really like the, the dialogue. I really like the characterization. And I just, I really like the fact that normally for these things, especially the first issue, you get like, hey, here's Nightcrawler and a couple of panels of She-Hulk asking for legal help. Mm -hmm. Here's Wolverine with Ghost Rider just for a couple pages. Mm -hmm. This is like X-Men issue. She's just, it's like Carol is guesting on the X-Men. Yeah. And she's, she's coming along for the ride. Okay. So they decide, oh, Jean can't go. She's busy. She's got some other stuff oh, with Scott. Oh, she's busy. Okay. So we and basically, Scott does not go either. He, no, he's busy too. Okay. So we're recruiting this team, and I love this team. We've got Gambit, Polaris, Wolverine, and Kanan. Okay. Is recommended as a psychic in Jean's place. I see. I'm into it. Let's yeah. go, this team. Yeah. And Spider-Woman and Hazmat talk their way in. I don't know who Hazmat is. I'm not bothered to look it up. <laughs> Very laissez-faire for these comics. But Carol is digging this Thunderbird to the point where Ooh. she is going to have to fight people to get it she wants when to they keep come back. It. Yeah, she wants to keep it. Can I keep your ship? As they go into deep space and they travel and are able to locate Rogue, but split the team. Half staying on to the ship. Oh, man. The other half going on to Rogue's ship Splitting to investigate. the team is never the right choice. Never. You don't split the party. Where they find a brood scurrying about oh, no. in the distance. And it's never just one brood. No, no. The brood don't work alone. No, they travel in packs. They're velociraptors. 
for aliens. Ooh, I like that. They do try to seal them up. Mm, look at Laura. And stab She's them so out. Beautiful. But all of them get sapped by Rogue's power from a distance. What? And they now realize, oh, she's got to be here. She's got to be on the ship. And this last page reveal, I almost, I thought, I was like, I don't know if I want to tell you it. I just want you to read it so you can experience this last page reveal. But it's kind of obvious, I think. I don't know about where it would go. But bleh, brood oh, no. rogue. She's a brood. Yeah. They got her. What that can't a, be good. What a lovely first catch of the day. The Empress will be so pleased. Uh-oh. Because now there's more mutants to infect with brood drones. My little brood guys over there. Oh, well, I should have grabbed one of those for my action figure lineup. <laughs> oh, What'd you think? Man. What'd you think? It was only high level. Do you want to read it? Are you excited? Yeah. You're going to have to read it because we have another <laughs> issue. We have at Are least, you excited? You have no choice. You have to be excited. You have to. Are you smiling? I don't know. Am I? Yes. Yes. You're smizing. No, it looks it looks cool. I from what I saw of the art, I really like the art. Yeah. I think you know the concept is cool, and I like seeing those peeps back together again. So I'm into it. I'm ready. And I don't know a whole lot of Kelly Thompson's work, but she did write Mr. and Mrs. X. And this pulls a couple of threads from that. Mr. and Mrs. X was a couple of years before Krakoa, and it was a story of Gambit and Rogue. Mm. And it's basically what Destiny jabs about when she meets them on that alien planet. Well, I just did a quick Google search, and she is best known for the Gem and the Holograms comic. Ayo. Which is pretty cool. And A-Force. Are you ready to? I didn't write any questions. I didn't. No, it's great. You did great. I just High threw, level, this, I threw I got this together. It. I knew the info. This is for you. This is for the peeps. Did you read Captain Marvel? Did you know that this was happening? I had no idea. I only learned about it because of Twitter. And then I went down to the shop this afternoon after you went to your event. Chris was like, what are you doing here? I don't, I, I don't have that. I don't have it anymore. Oh, it was all gone. All gone. Sorry. That's why I bought it digitally. All right, then. Well, should we talk about Deadpool? We should. I think I'm so. I'm really excited to talk about Deadpool. All right. First, let's talk about this cover oh. because this cover is stupidly amazing. Yeah, he's that big he's goofball looking all sexy lying with sexorcism. He's in a pool of dead bodies and yeah. it says literal enough for you. Deadpool. Deadpool. Do you get it? Do you get it? All right, here we go. Page turn noise. He's trapped, but he's enjoying it. As we are introduced to Harriet Brooms, mm, the harrower, a the relative harrower. of Augusta from horticulture. Oh, interesting. So we get, Excuse me. Burp, burp. Interesting. What? Because this girl, she's got powers of some sort. Yep. And the horticulture ladies don't have powers. I mean, mutation is... Is this a mutation? I don't think she's a mutant. No, I don't think she's a mutant. Maybe she is, though. No, they never actually label where her powers come from. They might in her origin story. This is not her first appearance. No. This is her second appearance, and I have not read her first appearance. It was one of the Man-Thing issues that we didn't read because we only read the X-Men one, written by Steve Orlando a couple months ago. Gotcha. Well, 
she's diabolical and i like that yeah and i really like the art i just yeah. love the texture of it i think shout out to the colorist and obviously the penciler as well yeah i really enjoyed the amount of two page spreads or like big almost full page or like three quarter page panels in this mm. feels very immersive in that way and there's no other title page like a Deadpool title page. Meet cute. Wait, is this applying that this issue is going to be a rom-com or a slaughterhouse? Someone get me the writer on the phone. Meet cute. Repeated joke, big no-no. <laughs> Written by Alyssa Wong. Art by Martin Kokolo. Colors by Niraj Menon. Letters, Joe Sabino. He's Joe Sabino. And our cover art team is the same as our interior art team. That's cool. Martin and Niraj. That doesn't often happen, especially in the Krakoan era. No, it does not. Well, the heroine is playing with her prey. And it's not Deadpool's ideal of how the situation would go. He's liking it, but he has notes. More needles, less leaves. More needles, less leaves. And here's the thing. You know I love Deadpool. Okay, but you're also going to give me a symbiote yeah, right. in the same book? I knew that this, the more that it was making me like, wait, what? I knew the it was more making you, knew you it was excited. The more you knew it was making me right. excited. I was yeah. like, well, how is this a Krakoan book? <laughs> I don't know and I don't care. Yeah. I like that it's giving me an excuse to read it and talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. As Deadpool is being treated as an incubator, she just wants him to house a symbiote to grow. You want me for my body, but not in the way that I want you to want me for my body. Yeah. We get a little flashback going on. I think that this is really interesting in this idea that she's trying to mold this symbiote into something that she can control. Yeah. Which just spells problems oh like, sure it's just like blatantly like lady this is not gonna work the way you think it's gonna work well and especially to use a sample from cletus cassidy a psycho mass murderer right uh, not to you know insult psycho mass murderers right. but <laughs> uh, you know. probably not an unstable man for someone that you think you can control right right uh, especially the influence of just he's he's crazy yeah he is not well and she found this little slug and is interested in creating this super species. So not just one. How do I create a destructive worshiper core who follow me and not Null? So I knew that Null was no longer the King in Black. I knew that at the end of mm -hmm. the King in Black story. But Warline points out later on, it's a lot more complicated than that with the Venom story arc now. The fact that there are... Actually, multiple versions of Eddie Brock fighting for leadership and control who are the kings in black. Like oh. From multiple different time points. It's not the Venom that you are expecting, but we'll find out more in Dark Web. I can't wait. This is, this is where I think the art really stuck out to me. This page where Harrower is standing in front of... The phases. Yeah, all the little experiments gone wrong with symbiotes and then even the the second panel just the flowing hair and the yeah. mutated monsters behind her yeah i love her little plant monsters yeah and she's so she's so smiley and happy yeah she well she loves her evil work and listen listen deadpool's over here doing tons of things as we're about to see okay he's part of x-force he's Stuck here with this lady, and he's also apparently auditioning to be a part of a super secret 
super fancy group of assassins. Yeah. Who does he think he is? Wolverine? He is comparable in the fact that he can hold his own and show up elsewhere mm-hmm. most of the time, especially with movies and production. As we get this data page, kind of, and I love it. I think this as a twist on the data page. You get some character voice from Wade with the annotations. Four arms, why not eight? And yeah. just the, the ew circles of Doc Ock's face. And I like the little drawing at the top of him him coming for Doc Ock. Yeah. I mean, this is my kind of data page. And throughout this issue, there are data pages that are like, More here's traditional. information. Yeah. But also, here's some ridiculousness here's some Deadpool. from Deadpool. And interesting detail to point out. I don't know if you actually know this because of how deep into Devil's Reign that you got, but Otto Octavius was essentially recruiting his multiverse selves, who, similar to Superior Spider-Man, which is another thing I don't know you knew, where Doc Ock took over Peter Parker's body. Oh, snap. Other versions of Doc Ock took over other heroes' bodies in their universes. And then majority, if not all of them, that's why there's only one variant of him. I see. They all killed each other. Gotcha. That's why he's like only one? He is the only one. Got it. The exclusive ranks of the Atelier. The super fancy assassins. It's cool to see them all. I I like their, their fancy fresh looks and their sassy facial expressions as they kind of give Deadpool the once over as he's assigned his target yeah with and then the beautiful distraction of needle fingers like, is mm-hmm. this where his dream of more needles comes from Maybe. because this happens before his capture Maybe. right he's still crushing on valentine mm-hmm. <laughs> you have nice needles <laughs> you have nice needles what is what, wrong what is, with me what is wrong with me i had to look up how to say atelier atelier is that french it is it is a french word atelier atelier it is a workshop where an artist creates basically a studio, but it sounds way cooler. Mm. And to think about this assassin group seeing themselves as artists and this is their workshop where they're, they create. I, I love that. Yeah, I think that's, that's so great. clever. Shout out to Alyssa Wong. As we get the details of the atelier and some failed attempts at his revised pickup lines. <laughs> I love needles. Like a normal amount. Not a weird amount, especially yours. You have nice needles. You have nice needles. That's too threatening. Why is that so threatening? Love it. And ah, uh, a classic murder board with some pertinent information and a handful of photos of Deadpool himself. Yes, the greatest visual reference gag to Pepe Silvia and Deadpool's process to find an attack. <laughs> you know the Pepe Silvia meme? Do you know yes, what I'm talking about? from Always Sunny. Yeah. Yeah. The one that I get compared to often when I go crazy with my murder board. Yeah. And just like that, 24 hours of your 48-hour time frame is wasted. Wasted or or pleasantly used. Right, right. Intelligently. Because essentially, Deadpool has 48 hours to kill Doc Ock. And so he finally makes his way up to the roof of the lab. Plant stabs. Ready to do it. And then, Bam. Stabbed by a plant, and that doesn't feel great. No, and we see, because he later retrieves them, we see one of his swords at least come out of his hand, and the other one looks like it's still stuck in his sheath, but whatever. Continuity, Whatever, whatever. Now, this data page 
learning about the different process of cycle of reproductivity and all of that was a little bit like, ooh, my brain is going to explode reading this. But I essentially got the gist of something needing to grow inside a host and then take over that host's body. And that's what we need from Deadpool in order for our symbiote to survive. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. From what I've learned from my great aunt Augusta, there's no Ah. such thing as failure as far as scientific experimentation goes. So you put that together just by reading my great aunt Augusta? Well, I was tipped off by that, and then I did my research further. And, wow. and yes, found that she is introduced as a relative of the member of horticulture, Augusta. You're good. I didn't even remember that one of the horticulture's name was Augusta. Oh, I knew that. Of course you did, you little nerd database brain. On to the audition. Wait, I, I can we reschedule this, this torture? Because I've got this thing, Deadpool... Breaking out with the call me maybe line. (laughs) I'll call you maybe. You know, this is going to take like days, weeks, months. I don't know. But I need you to stay here while this thing grows inside you. And I do love that Deadpool sort of takes her by surprise. Yeah, she thought everything was... his ability to break free. Yeah, she thought everything was under control. I don't care about you getting damaged. I just need your head and torso. Right. I love I loved that moment too. Him thinking he could just walk away because she wouldn't even bother to attack him because he's holding her precious cargo. And she's like, no, I no. can dismember you. Right. I can take you down. I just need you literally as a Petri dish. That's it. As long as you serve that purpose, we're good. Now it's time to serve up some all-out action. With some beautiful fight. art. Some first date conversation, the playful silliness of Deadpool. And then her throwing the jokes back at him. He gets so mad. He sets my line. What the heck? As he thinks he's sneaking away, a little escape. Sorry. No. No. I do love the just the sheer comedy of that run as he's like leaning backwards and running when he thinks he's getting away. Never mind. She noticed. Yeah, yeah. That chef's kiss to the art as we see doc ock's lab and it looks an awful lot like spider-man's playstation game where doc ock has a lab oh i don't know i haven't really kept up with too much spider-man in the last few years so i don't know if that's true in the comics but i would definitely remember that rooftop because of the number of times i swang to it (laughs) swang Swung? I don't know. Swing? Sh- uh, s- swung. I think swung. The number of times I swung to it. <laughs> the whip. Oh, the number man. of times I whipped to it. But all is well, sort of, because Deadpool's got his swords back. Yeah, tearing through. And oh, this shot as he comes down from the sky onto Doc Ock. <laughs> Deadpool, what the hell? Oh, oh, man. And these carnage arms that pop out of his body. It looks like Harwar and Doc Ock are in on it together. Right. Like, they at least know of each other. Yeah, to the point that he's not even phased by her presence. Nope. Oh, hey, what are you doing here? She's right. nothing, just succeeding in my experiments. Is he able to control these arms? Deadpool? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, maybe, but it's looking like they're they're controlling him. Right. Which is also an interesting, like, does, because he's growing a carnage. Right. So he's not becoming carnage himself. I don't know. 
We don't know. I have my Venom Pool action figure. I could break them out just for this cause. I love anything. Actually, you would love it. Have you seen this? Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, I know what you're talking All about. All right, good. I love anything symbiote. All right, well, Carnage is our tease for next month, next issue. Very exciting. What'd you think? Big picture. I I loved it. I know it had absolutely nothing, nothing. to do with Krakoa. Not a single, just a slight mention of X-Force. I get it. Yeah. This was a Spider-Man comic. And this I'm, was I'm, a Deadpool comic. This was a Deadpool comic that was heavily tied to Spider-Man. You have Doc Ock and Carnage. Yep. Fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I really like symbiotes. I, I mean, I enjoyed it going through it a second time, but I got to be honest, I was a little disappointed just because of how out of everything it was. I get it. It's its own title, so it's not necessarily mm-hmm. corely tied to Krakoa, but to give it the Krakoan box dress on the front, visual signifier, to give it the framing of right, the Krakoan all of era. the Krakoan era things. I was expecting more relevance to the Krakoan era. And I also will say, you know, there were some fun jokes and it rang true to Deadpool, but did not hit what I have grown to know Deadpool as in the last couple months through his appearances in Wolverine and X-Force. Oh, really? Like this was, when I think of Deadpool in those two books, he's like raunchy. Mm-hmm. This Deadpool was crass, you know. There's a there's a difference in the attitude and the dialogue, and I feel like you know that might just be the writer's stylings. Yeah, from one to the other. I didn't feel that way, but you were blinded by the Deadpool. Yeah, I was blinded. That's all by it the is. Deadpool. I know. There's nothing I can say that's going to change anything that you feel. Did you ever think? When you were first introduced me to comics, did you ever think Deadpool would be one of my favorite characters? One of your favorite characters? I love Watch Deadpool. out, girls. No, 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 no. Just, did you ever think, let me rephrase the question, because holy moly. Did you ever think moly, that Deadpool did, was my favorite <laughs> Did you ever think that I would like Deadpool the way that I like Deadpool? Were you expecting that? I, honestly, if you told me two years ago that Deadpool would be this relevant to X-Men comics, I would laugh at you. <laughs> I would say, what are you talking about? Yeah, but that's not my question. I'm talking uh, about me and I Deadpool. Think, yes, I think that he has a lot of things that appeal to people and you specifically. Mm-hmm. I think his comedy, I think his action, I think just his silliness of character. Mm-hmm. I think that he is... He's, Taken up to the level 10, level 11, crank it up to number 11 with all of those things. The violence, the ridiculousness. I do love murder. Yeah. no, I don't <laughs> remember when I said that to Joshua Kassar. It's true. It's true. I mean, most most women love murder shows. That's a trope, I it's guess. It's a trope. But yeah, I mean, I think that. I have, I have a couple thoughts. One is maybe it will make its way into being more relevant to the overall Krakoan story. And two, I think that they're making a statement that Krakoa has accepted Deadpool. So in the way that any other mutant or resident of Krakoa as a nation, if they got a book, it would fall under the Krakoan nation. Deadpool has been accepted into the nation of Krakoa and therefore his stories are part of the story of Krakoa. Yeah. But then, like, I think about, like, I, I totally hear you. And I hear you with the expansion of the X line as well, because I, I see that happening in multiple directions. Mm-hmm. But you think about Wolverine's first issue solo 
Cable's first issue solo of the Krakoan era, both of them took place, at least in part, sometimes a lot more, on Krakoa, had connections to right. other Krakoan mm-hmm. relative characters. There's no appearance of anyone else relative to Krakoa. And Deadpool is like very loosely appendaged onto Krakoa in these last few months. How rude. It's true, though. But I will agree that they have been able to bring Deadpool into their franchise. Deadpool is a money-making property, mm-hmm. and that's so is X-Men, right? So you hitch to that ride and keep on going. I see Spider-Man happening in a very similar way. Yeah, Spider-Man and, and the X-Men are definitely, especially with Dark Web coming. Like, I'm saying. It's and, all going to come together, I and think. if you think about it from a creator standpoint, mm-hmm. Zeb Wells, formerly of the X-Line, goes on to Spider-Man. Yeah, now he's got ties. Ben Percy, doing his things on X-Force and Wolverine. Now Ghost Rider, tying to Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Jerry Duggan will soon be doing Invincible Iron Man, I think it is. Or Immortal Iron Man. Boo. Sure. But I would be surprised if there's no connection to the X-Men coming a couple months down the line. Yeah. And also in Dark Web, wasn't Carnage also in that? Carnage In those in... previews? Yeah, sure. So I think this, it may be a slow burn, but I think it's, oh, it's Dark Web is definitely all gonna... of these things are yeah, yeah, starting yeah. to kind of like Carnage is coming about in this and then... Well, even Al Ewing being part of the creative team of the Venom series currently. Mm-hmm. Like, that just... Yeah. But I completely hear what you're saying. Everything you're saying is completely valid. This had nothing to do with Grokoa at all. Nothing! Not a single thing. However, my heart is still happy about it. Blinded by the pool! I have no issues. I have no qualms. Warline wants to know, do we think the Peacock Man is part of the Artillier? Hmm. I, I- I don't think so. I don't think so. He's not really. I don't he's, peg he's him as like an, assassin. an assassin. Right, right. Yeah. He's not a merc. You he's know, a, he's a he's a black market dealing kind of dude. Yeah, he's a shadow government leader. He might hire someone. Oh, from for their sure. Group. He got people. He's got connections to them, I'd say, but I don't think he's one of them. No, I don't think I haven't seen him successfully kill anyone, honestly. <laughs> and he also wanted to know: Do we think? That the X line is wrapping up a lot of Hox Pox and Docs threads to focus on new things following Fall of X, Fox. Oh, geez. In other words, is that the end of the Krakoan era as we know it approaching? Well, I guess as we know it. I do think they're wrapping up those some of those storylines. As they should, because it's like, how many years can you leave them dangling? Like, Yeah. I mean, I think obviously things with Orcus will continue on. That's the big bad. Um. And the Sentinels, robots, right. whatnot. And but I think a lot of the beginning of Hawks, Pox, and Docs was the setup of the nation, and now the nation is set up, and now we can just live in it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I am excited to have resolution to these plots mm-hmm. because I feel like they've kind of been dangling for a little while, and even to think, okay, if like we're about to talk about Vulcan in X-Men Red. Yeah. And to know that that was something threaded in Hickman's X-Men run. Right. And then picked up in X-Men Red by Al. And then now seemingly coming to a head and tying into a grander plot. That's something that may not resolve Vulcan's story completely, but put it with new energy. And that's exciting because that, I feel like, makes it valid to have that still going. Yeah, I think in the conversations that we had with Jerry, plus other interviews and things that have been going on uh, when we talked to Ben and just 
in general, the the ex office has kind of alluded to the fact that there are certain things from what Hickman set up that will carry through over the next couple of years, but there are also other stories that now branch off of that. So I do think some of it will still be it's it's part of the the interwoven network that is Krakoa, but I think the focus of the stories is not the same as the focus was well, it's in the not, beginning. Yeah, it's not completely dependent on his vision, right? They're right. they're staking out their own claim after Papa Hickman has left. Right. They need to find their own way and grow up as a team, as a unit and you know, what else they want to introduce, how right. they want to intertangle. Because I bet, you know, Dr. Stasis, I don't think Ugh, that was a Hickman. Can't wait for right? more of that. All of the Immortal X-Men stuff, that is not Hickman. Right. Moira being cloned by Sinister, I, I don't know, maybe because of how soon it was. But I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. These are things that are threading in next stuff. And De- Destiny of X has been referred to as the second age of Krakoa. Right. So we should be wrapping up some of those danglers. Right. I don't like that you call them danglers. Danglers. I don't know why. It just made me feel gross. Whatever. Eric Huffman liked how Deadpool jumped right into the fire. I was a bit lost, but caught up. Hi. It's funny, Eric, because my first note on on Deadpool says, you know I love to be dropped right into the madness. So totally agree with you. What? I love that. I, I know you love it now, but it's just in contrast to what the X-Men was. It's okay. just you have you have enough of understanding of characters and, and confidence being dropped into these random story points. Let me let me just settle this for a second here. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. In storytelling, I enjoy jumping into a story as it's unfolding. In Meteores. Okay, yes. But the difference between that and when I first started reading comics was that in that, when a story is set up that way, it tells they you then everything. start to tell you what <laughs> yeah, the right. heck is happening. And you're not just expected to know. But in the other situation, it was like, hey, you're jumping into this. It's like... Here's a little bit of information. It, okay, here's here's a way to say it. If chapter one of a book starts out that way... By the end of the book, you know what's going on. What happened before was, hey, you're jumping in on chapter 13. You didn't read chapters 1 through 12, but you have to know what's happening. And that's the difference. When it's a story device, I like that. Yeah. So just for clarification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We are joined by Vulcan in Fire. And Cable. My Frankie Ray display from Galactus is now being used to house Vulcan. And I think that's actually really cool. And Cable's here. 90s Cable with his big pouches and regular-sized gun, glowing eye. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that cover. X-Men Red number eight. Ooh, that cover. I gotta be honest. I had no idea what was going on behind Cable when I first saw this image. Right, but now like, you know. I was like, is that Nimrod's body? What's that? Is that a disco ball? <laughs> But now you know. Now I definitely know. Are you ready? Yeah. Will you ever be ready? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Page turn noise. Into the space saloon with Blackjack O'Hare. <laughs> I love Sen. Oh, yeah. 
she's great. Zen's retirement plan. She's, she's just trying just to like, hang out. What is this? You guys are supposed to be the, you know, the top tier of the galaxy. Yeah, sure. Seems like you're just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, Rocket's on vacation. Someone's got to step in. Someone's got to do it. But her, her vacation doesn't last long. Her retirement doesn't last long. This duo walking in, this was one of the preview pages, Unlettered, I think. Mm-hmm. Or the art previews, I think. Cable and Cora. Just coming on Cora. in. I love Cora, the burning heart. <laughs> I don't care who knows it. Zen will not speak to father, not after what happened. I want to know what yeah, happened. Yeah, when do we get to know what happened? We only just found out that they were all related. So, I mean, let that burn a little slow. No, thank you. I'd like to know. <laughs> that's, an, that's probably, you know, the family drama is very interesting to me. Yeah. Especially well, the with the family this, itself right, right. is really to, interesting. To have like, because I had no idea. You introduced Cora and then you introduced Zen and you had already introduced Fisher King. And like, oh yeah. And they're all the same family. What? These are like three of the coolest Iraqis, other yeah. people notwithstanding. But come that's on. That's a powerful Iraqi family. That is a House of M Iraqi family. Oh, snap. You're right. It is. What's my target? You know, we're bringing you in. We want you to do something because I know my sister used to do assassinations for brand. Well, brand's our target, creepy smile cable. Oh, my God. I also just love this. What's his name? The rabbit? Blackjack O'Hare. I like his little side commentary. He's so invested in whatever it is they're doing. He just wants to know what's up. Can I come along? Well, he wants a cut, basically. Can I? Well, but also his face when he sees Sen's weapon. Oh, yeah. He's, it's like Rocket in Infinity War. Yeah. How much for the for how, the arm? How much for that leg? How much for that arm? How much for that eyeball? We've made our way to the t- 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 title page. The Long Way Round. Mission to the Unknown. Written by Al Ewing. Art by Madibek Musibegkov. Colors by Federico Blee. Letters and production Ariana Maher. VCs Ariana Maher. Russell Dodderman and Matt Wilson confusing us on that beautiful cover. Ooh-hoo. But now it's been illuminated. Emergency diplomatic meeting. The who's who of who's here. Interesting to me that Frenzy is still technically on Brand's... No, she left Brand's team. Did she leave Brand's team? Or she's just getting upset? She did not vocally leave Brand's team, but she is also standing in for Storm. Right, here. that's what I'm saying. Like, she's... That's an interesting move. I don't think she's revealed that she is out on Brand. Got it. Not to Brand. Right. But she could be plotting with Storm in some way. Because there's some subtext about like, hey, what's going on with Storm? She's somewhere. Right. The fact that... I love the fact that the Super Scroll isn't here because he would kill people. And that's fair. Right. That's fair. He needs some way to control himself. Yeah. Clark would kill people. But Aurora is apparently auditioning people for the Great Ring, I suspect. So she doesn't even actually know. Right. And as we find out, Brandon Mentallo watching in, gossiping like gal pals, they don't even know where Storm is either. Right. And here's the other thing that I like. Nova is officially a Varako now. Oh, yeah. They have deemed him a Varako for his service to Varako. Yeah. And I love that. We see you. You are of this land. You are broken like these people. That's right. You fight with us and not for us. That was a very interesting element of those X-Men Red issues of mm-hmm. AXE. Yes. Look at Brand in her silly little chair observing yeah chilling plotting as we get a history lesson almost peace amongst the korean scroll but then some faulty information captain glory's massacre all this death and destruction who would have fed this fake information oh it was us 
I love Zandra's this. like, listen, it was us. I love this bomb drop entrance from Zandra. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we did it. And actually, I wouldn't do it again. We're trying to atone for that convoluted list of shames. You know, the Kin Crimson, they had a lot of stuff that yeah. we kind of regret that they kind of kept secret. Now we're trying to like make up for all that. So like we take ownership of that problem. Yeah. Our yeah. bad. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, as much as I groaned to see the Ten Shames referenced, I do love the interconnected nature of plot details. Right. Yeah. It actually makes me excited for more excited for Marauders because I'm starting to see how it's playing into Krakoa as a whole. Well, and also this isn't the first connection between Sword and Marauders. Right. Xandra was resurrected through Sword or right. through uh, X-Men Red. Right. So that's interesting. Brands, it's showtime smile. Oh, God. I hate it. Yeah. Talk about jack-o'-lantern. Creepy. Yuck. It's showtime. She's here. She's ready. On to the Bebop 2, because that's what I'm calling it. Call it whatever you want, kid. You made it. Yeah. Cable's team. Fun character moments as we name Taki's creation. Fuzzy on the details is Cable is eager to be like, oh, yeah, we're here for Brand. Yeah. We're going to, but we're taking the long way. This is about Brand and bomb drop we know brands working with orcas yeah working for orcas or playing them it's all a temporary situation that can be leveraged to advance more important goals it's the big spookiness in the background as cable's <laughs> making puns about the orb yeah but here let me let's let's just so wolverine's not in this book so we need to make him in this book by having cable just pop out wolverine claws to show off his techno organic virus yep yeah. Yeah, cool trick, bro. I thought it was interesting. It gave me Ultimate X-Men vibes because there is an arc of Ultimate X-Men where it is revealed that Cable in that universe is actually Wolverine aged into the future. Whoa. Yeah. All right. Oh, not only, though, is Brand working with Orcus, but she's also making deals with Orbis. Imagine having both of them in your Rolodex or on your, your speed dial. And it like, definitely or, or, makes or, 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 Orbis. Or, 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 Orcus, Orbis. Your Siri would not know who you're talking Call to. Call Orcus. Calling Orbis. No, not that Not No, no. Hey. <laughs> no, just ordering some Murderbots. Thanks. I also think that this is interesting, and, and I didn't quite remember this about Manifold's power, that he needs this version of the techno-organic virus to be able to sense where the other version is like he needs similarly to how nightcrawler needs to know where he's going manifold needs to have some connection to where he's going so the way that it was described and, and how i understand it from the issue of sword manifold is asking the universe to open up this portal like he is communicating with the universe mm -hmm. and if he is to ask the universe he needs to know what he's asking got right? it so he's got to have more of a specificity than just, can't just deep in like, space take me to the thing take me to the thing i'm looking for you can read my mind universe well that makes sense i want this sword jacket like as a snowboarding coat i want manifold's jacket <laughs> i don't know i mean i have a cricket i can put the symbol on your jacket but you'd have to get a yellow jacket. I'm not asking you to make it. I'm just. I, I'm just telling you that I can, because I don't know that like Marvel's gonna sell Manifold's jacket. They'll make knockoffs. I ordered a jacket. What? What? What do you mean you ordered a jacket? Space team arrival. <laughs> Wait. At what the do World you Farm. <laughs> I ordered a jacket. It's coming in a couple months. Okay. The World Farm is. 
Interesting. Yeah, home of the progenitors, not to be confused with that progenitor, I can't. though. You I was just... <laughs> so upset when I read that. Well, so they, the progenitors are a thing and have been a thing. Warline mentioned in the comments that they are associated with the Inhumans. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they came up in an issue of X-Men Red before AXE. And the progenitor as a celestial existed before AXE. It just sucks timing wise that oh, it's happening sure. like this. Yeah. And like, you know, you know, Al and Kieran were talking about it, giggling to themselves. Oh, we're going to confuse he, he, those. He, let's confuse everybody. Yeah. We go in and we stab them all just the same. The sister shade between these two. Zen gradually sleeping her way through giant size X-Men. <laughs> like, yeah. Nightcrawler. Got it. Thunderbird, you're on deck. You're next. Watch out, Storm. Oh, God. <laughs> That would be that would be a hot couple. I'd be into that. Anyway, <laughs> I love this manifold drop-in shot. You know I had that. That fiery oh, landing. Yeah. The hair flying around. Yeah. The capes flying around. I love it. And just just the energy signature that he's yes. given off in his hands and his eyes right it's before. It's so great. It's so great. They've been breeding this techno-organic sample as they find in this lab that they enter. Okay, so let me just... You might not be able to see it now that you've seen the other image, but these three beings that are in these little cases, tell me you can't see this as Cassandra Nova. No. You don't... Okay. Oh, is it like her little helmet that she like, wears? No, like not the spike sticking out, but if... If that line, now I know that it's a closed eyeball, but if I didn't know that was a closed eyeball, I saw that as that's Cassandra Nova's smile and she's looking like this and that that this is her chin. And I was like, why does that look like Cassandra Nova to me? That's who I saw the first second I saw it. And then, you know, we get to the next page and I was like, well, okay, it's not. No. But I was like already had in my mind, this is somehow connecting to Marauders and maybe Cassandra's like... Nope. Somehow involved in this craziness, but I saw this image and immediately remembered the fact that this has been the thread of Vulcan's story, right? So this was introduced in X Men Ten. These three shadowy cloak. Thing. I'm I, sorry. I what X Men number are we on? Eighteen. X Men Ten from Hickman's run a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And I went beep boop boop boop. And <laughs> I recognized that this this is the I immediately recognized this from a comic 27 years ago. How can you not? Because just because it came out three years ago, two and a half years ago, doesn't, doesn't mean, mean I haven't read it forty-seven times since then. I read the entire X-Men Red Run right. this weekend. That's why you knew. No. Oh, because that was from X-Men, not X-Men Red. Yeah. Anyway, I'm very invested in Vulcan's story, I and can so are see we. That. As we get this recap that was revealed in that issue and brought back into the X-Men Red story by Al, I never died. Emperor Vulcan of the Shi'ar wants to claim his rightful place as their emperor. The persona that seems to have been brewing more and more as this title has gone on, especially now after his recent resurrection. His return was orchestrated. He was planted as a bomb to go off and brought in further. How deep does Brand's involvement go? Yo, I don't know, but it seems like it goes pretty deep. Everywhere. She's in everything. She's a puppet master of the world, of the universe, of the galaxies. Man. Keep on saying the progenitors. How about my progenitors? I didn't get what that meant. I didn't either. <laughs> I don't know. If it, this. Maybe it's because 
Orbis is because this is Orbis's. So text maybe speech. like Orbis is the one who created them. Sure. It's we don't know how deep. Hit, like Orbis's weapons. Yeah, and we know that Brand is aware of this and is seeing this in her feed. Because on the last page, when we see Brand, on the last page, when we see Brand, she has a little box of the oh. Orbis head on the progenitor body on one of the screens that she's looking at. But we'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. Right, but so that just tells you how much that she knows of what's going on. Yeah. So, so she knew that they were coming for them. She knew that, that the team, she couldn't trust them anymore. Right. She knows too much. Maybe she knew that they discovered that info. Maybe she saw Cable's weird grin as he cocked his gun in the end of last issue. She's always watching. Always. As we enter into the diplomatic zone, as total war is about to break out. That's what payment in full would look like. Mm-hmm. Total war. Well, listen, if you guys want a war, I know someone who could give it to you. Yeah. Me, Vulcan. I'll, I'll take I'm care of king. it. I'll take care of it, my babies. Don't worry. I'm fully unleashed and crazy, ready for war. I'm, I'm the captain now. I am the captain <laughs> now. Look at him. Look at him. He is terrifying. And also, though, when I got to this page, I was like, well, He's acting as if everybody's just going to be like, yeah, Vulcan, he's our king. Maybe, but maybe not. But I also, it's interesting for a couple of reasons. A lot of people complained about Storm taking down Vulcan in that one verse one mm-hmm. issue of X-Men Red a couple of months ago. This paints further as to how much turmoil he is. And I'm not disagreeing that Storm could have taken him down, but... Comparative to power levels of things that Vulcan has done in the past, mm-hmm. for him to have been bested that quickly and in that right. way was surprising, mm-hmm. right? He is now fully unleashed. The fire within him that was hidden beneath the happy soul, the happy shell that was grilling in X-Men issue one from Hickman. Brand just tore that right down. Tore it right down and, and seemingly orchestrated that shell being formed. Right. As we get the most dense data page ever but it was well appreciated yes you know this is up until the last point up until what phase five we know most if not all of these things it's just recontextualized and connected right we were talking about it the other day brand's goal of stepping soul up to the bigger playing field being on the galactic stage this is what she's after this is why she's upset she's gonna be the nick fury of space of, of the whole system of everything everything just recapping everything that's been happening through S.W.O.R.D., through X-Men Red, for everyone who hasn't been just rereading it in their leisure time. And she also is so, she belittles the mutants so intensely. Sure. Like, they're pushovers. They'll do whatever I tell them. Is she wrong, though? I mean, they literally did. They put her in charge of this thing. I think the only person that's aware of her, other than Cable, is Storm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, that's my question. At the end of this is who did Cable tell before he assembled this team? Like who is not on this team that has the intel? Maybe Storm is doing some something to take down Abigail and that's why she's not around. I would assume. She's I would not hope. doing nothing for Araco right now. No. She's doing something for Soul. Right. Ooh. Who's the Nick Fury of space if not Abigail Brandt? Is going to be Storm? She's yeah. she's no longer the queen. She's no longer because the voice of Soul, is she? There needs to be a Nick Fury of space. Is she the like her that power shift in the last episode 
or the last issue of X-Men Red where she moved to the seat of loss and yielded her seat to Lotus Logos. But she's still the region of soul. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't. That's my confusion. Is like I what? thought she got named the region of soul before she was on the council. Yes. So therefore, she just well, she got named. She took it from the nameless shapeshifter, right? Mm-hmm. When she killed that shapeshifter in battle. Gotcha. And then she conceded it. Right. So I don't know what her role is beyond. Her role is stone. Sure. I don't know what her role is beyond the seat of loss. Mm-hmm. Because I believe they talked about her yielding her second vote, which is what she got as mm. the seat of all around us, I believe, and the region of soul. Interesting. Interesting. I don't need to go through this data page, right? Was there anything as you read it that? Uh, I think no. It's... I mean, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty much saying that she's got her hands in everything, and she's double crossing, everything. triple crossing, quadruple crossing, and she clearly is at a level of arrogance that I think will soon be her downfall. That she she thinks so little of everyone else around her that she's only going to eventually leave room for error and leave room for her to miss something because her arrogance is she's going to get too big for her britches essentially. Yeah, I mean hopefully, you know, maybe the key is someone bought off Mentallo because mm-hmm. that seems to be the only person that she's trusting to bring in on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And even when she said it to the group in what was that X-Men Red number one, when she was like, yeah, and just between us, I killed Henry Peter Gyrick, whatever. Right. She just, That's what I'm saying. She's so like willy nilly with her. I don't know. I think I think she's she's letting go choice details to people that she believes she can trust and, and whether or not she can, that might be the downfall. I, I do think that she's going to be knocked off her high horse. I don't think that we're going to get phase five crisis becomes advantage where all these things that are the predicted future, I don't think that they would spell that out and then it happens according to her plan, Mm -hmm. right? So that's showing you this is what she's been doing. She did literally everything with some surprises along the way. She predicted planet size x-men essentially right. that's crazy there was that a was lock crazy to me it was, was a... like they'll do it we know obviously they're going to terraform a planet that's just what you do when you have a bunch of omega sitting around manipulating the macro events using that to step up soul's seat of power and position and just knowing like somehow Araka will be destroyed I'm not sure how, yeah, but, but that was somehow weird. somehow uh, judgment day of some kind I don't know but then I'm going to leak the Shapeless Ridge info and Soul will be this happy mediator between the sides of the Kree Skull Alliance and the Shi'ar Empire and then release Vulcan to destroy everything. Yeah. Check and mate. I, just, I doubt that Cable went on that mission without telling anyone. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. That's the reason why I feel like she's too big for her britches because she's just seeing this happen. She's seeing Vulcan walk in and she's already saying check and mate. She already thinks she's won. Right. So there has to be something that she's missing. Hope so. I do too, because I'm ready for her to be gone. <laughs> You've been ready for her to be gone since, since the before, moment she arrived. Since before X-Men Red, since like halfway through S.W.O.R.D., you were like, I don't trust your green hair. I don't. I, d- I never trusted her. Not once. You loved her in the beginning. Oh, I still love her. I still love her as, you, this, as this. You trusted her. No. Yes, you did. No, I did not. Yes, you did. I did not. You trusted her. You were team brand. And I was against her, and I would be like, Abigail Brand. 
Go back to the episodes and listen how. <laughs> play the tapes. Play the tapes. Play the tapes. I never trusted her. I celebrated her as a big counter argument or counterpoint to Krakoa and the forces that are assembling because that's what we need. We need those big bads. You have all of our big bads except for the Sentinels sitting around the table and Sinister's doing whatever he's doing in the background. But you need those other people to step up in interesting and different ways. Okay. Return of the King. Oh, man. I want it right now. You can't have it. I want it. You have to wait like a month because that's how comics work. It's a couple weeks. Okay. And it's better. coming out the same week as Immortal X-Men. Oh, gosh. Curls asked a question today and it's sent me into a mental spiral of oh, no. <laughs> data of has there ever been a week where X-Men Red has lost in the poll? Oh, no. And I don't know. Like, I can check that. I can go back and just pull those stories into a highlight and just fact check. check. It and I got really excited by that. I didn't do it yet. <laughs> I got distracted. I'll get that for you next week or next issue, maybe. I don't think it has. I don't think it has either. But the I think only... there was there was another time yeah. where it was Immortal and X Men Red That's together. That's the only time that I think that it was questionable. But I still think X Men Red won. I think so too. But let's talk about the Summers family because Warline loves the change that the Summers family has gone under Hickman and company from wanting to kill Vulcan back post Deadly Genesis to now wanting him to be one of them. That says something, especially for Scott, who wanted Vulcan dead. Then in X-Men 10, said that he'll be there for him no matter what. And he was the first one, according to Cable, to welcome Vulcan back. This arc of the Summers family as a story. Like Cyclops was arguably the main character of Hickman's run on X-Men. He was always one of, if not in all the issues, but one of a main piece in many of those issues. Mm -hmm. And to develop that even further through his family connections and what that means, the the base on the moon, his pet Wolverine, all these different connection points into how this has changed in his relationship, especially now to Vulcan. And to Brand's point about guilting the X-Men into taking responsibility for what Vulcan is about to do. See. No, you see. No, I just, I don't feel like they have to take responsibility like i feel as though the laws of krakoa have set it up that you're krakoan but if you start acting a fool we're not just going to be like oh it's cool because you're krakoan so i just i think that's a different argument than taking responsibility for it right so Cyclops being like, oh, this is my troubled brother that we've been talking about. Have, have The fact that he sees these visions of dead people that couldn't be resurrected prior to the Elysium Fields, right? He's he manifesting Petra and Sway. Right, right. He is concerned for the mental stability of Vulcan. And for then this, then this to happen, this big power play and for a group of people that are their longtime allies, like whether it's taking responsibility, guilting, or, or just trying to smooth that over, I feel like that's going to be something that, whether it's the X-Men team or Krakoa as a nation, mm -hmm. will try to step in and be that mediator. Maybe. But then if they do that, then they're, t they're, they're doing what it is that Abigail wants to do. Well, that's because she set it up for that to happen. Right, but she's saying that she would make Soul the mediator and she would make Soul the problem solver, but essentially the X-Men could do that. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't... 
I understand what the conversation is about the arc of Cyclops, but I don't know him as a character that well to really comment on it. I think it's interesting to see how they react and to see what he does, but I don't really have any personal further insight into how that's going to play out. You know, like I I definitely think throughout the Krakoan era, they have really played up this idea of the Summers family as a whole. So compare that to Deadly Genesis, which is the first time that we all met Vulcan mm-hmm. and you met Vulcan and Cyclops wanted to kill him, basically. Right. And that's what Warland's saying. This difference in relation, because from there, Vulcan went and did some terrible Emperor Vulcan stuff that mm-hmm. you have no idea of, but went and got very worse. Mm-hmm. And now to have that shift in an arc of not only him with his own family, like capital S Summers, but Krakoa and mutants as the family. And that was from issue one of Hickman's X-Men of just how proud he was of what they had brought together. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all he's saying. Yeah. Cool. So he brings up the fact that Orcus being absorbed into the new sword and shield would be a good idea if Brand wasn't missing the fact that robots aren't on humanity's side and are the main showrunners. So that ideally is not her downfall because that would mean everybody else is mm-hmm. part of that downfall. But right. that is she, a... She still thinks that she's dealing with the people who the, the robots are puppeting, essentially. Right. She thinks those are the people in charge of Orcus and she doesn't really know that they're not. Right. So that's the big bad. But, you know, I, I hope that that's not the thing that takes her down. Right. right. No, I, want... I would rather have it be mutants and Krakoa that take her down. Yeah. Or Mike... even Xandra. Put her in her place. Mike Loves Mariah Carey is hoping that we get more Manifold in every issue now. I loved him in the last volume. And honestly, that was the first time I really got to know him and man was I interested glad to see him being developed further and involved that much more in this story I agree I like him as a character a lot I think his powers are super cool I think his perspective is really interesting I like him I would love to see more of him future dog walkers jaw truly dropped on the last two pages of x-men red I was floored yeah it was it's definitely interesting because we've known for so long that Abigail was using Vulcan And just the way, like, you know, you knew she was up to something with the way that she was sort of like, no, do this now. No, be this way now. It's okay for this. Or like coercing him into feeling things. Mm. So I definitely was expecting her to use him in some way. But I still was like, oh, I think for me it was more like, oh, it's about to hit the fan right now. Like this about to go down. Yeah, very exciting for next issue mm-hmm. and just the the cover being Brand moving around the pieces of everyone in front of her. The Pikachu wants to know, now that we know Brand's plans, how do we think the Brotherhood of Araco will counter? Roberto time. Yeah. I think it's, it's a Roberto. I think it's Storm. I feel like, it, you know, the Night Seats. Right, the, the Night Seats. The Great Ring. And there's that... There's that Spoiler variant cover from Powers of Ten, where Roberto is sitting on a throne. Oh, right. And Shi'ar Royal Guard is like basically kneeling to him. That's true. I forgot about that. I never forget about that one. That one's burned into my memory. That and I saw it recently on a 
Mm-hmm. And you remember everything. <laughs> remember most of everything. But how would it make sense for Roberto to end up being the ruler of the Shi'ard? What kind of connections does he? What does he hit? Xandra's gonna die, and <laughs> Roberto's gonna marry Deathbird, and they're gonna get back together, and then he's gonna be in charge of them all. Well, interesting because Vulcan is technically Deathbird's husband. Oh, and. That's something that uh, has not been addressed. Warlion actually brought it up in another point that meeting his wife again, the wife that he had a kid with, who he killed her brother, he killed Daken, who killed their mom and created a son with her, who, you know, there's the the inner workings of the Summers family being all messed up and then the Shi'ar royalty being all messed up and them intertwining in weird ways. Yeah, see, like the history that the Shi'ar have with Vulcan just makes me feel like he feels the sense of entitlement, like I'm the rightful heir, but I don't think that that automatically means that the Shi'ar will be like, yep, we must implement you as the heir, like we must follow through with this. Oh no, they're not just going to take it. Right, so that's why I feel like confused a little bit by this plan because if Vulcan is saying he like he's like I'm in charge I can fix this and if the Shi'ar and the Kree and the Skrull are against each other he's now just an added extra entity like he's not necessarily going to cause the Shi'ar to fight with themselves or that this war to be more than it was if he is over here thinking he's the big cheese but nobody else thinks that then so the the data page at the end yes bran says regardless of who kills who xandra versus vulcan she wins because there's instability caused so it's not that the shiar are gonna be like yes you are our king it's that vulcan is there to take his place as king and he will remove who is in his seat. Listen, Scar, nobody wants you to be the king. The king you has returned. You and the returned. hyenas are just going to ruin everything. <laughs> Baku Blade wants to know how far will Vulcan go and where is Storm? I think Vulcan is on the loose. Yeah, he's going to go crazy. And I don't know where Storm is, but she is in a secret location that not even Frenzy knows for sure. Storm knows where Storm is and yeah. that's all that matters. Cable knows where Storm is. You think, you really think that? I think that they are working together. I wouldn't be surprised. 1407 Gray Malkin wants to know if we think that Orcus knows about Brand yet. I don't think Orcus knows no, anything. No, Orcus is, they're too consumed with themselves. They're, they're like, hey, they got their own thing going at the Hellfire Gala where Stasis was stealing that Krakoan tech. Yeah, they, they got some something going on. It's just interesting to think about her position relative to a, a mutant hating organization she is definitely still a mutant even if she sees herself above everyone and everything right so i feel like they acknowledge her but they don't let her in on everything because they don't fully trust her hmm. but then i get you know like but they but they're so accepting of moira <laughs> she's not a mutant anymore but like well she, i don't think she ever reveals herself to have been a mutant either they asked her in i think it was the hellfire gala issue how do you know all this stuff? She's like, oh, just let me keep some of my secrets. But where does Omega Sentinel come into this? Because Omega Sentinel, Moira is the whole reason that Omega Sentinel is here and that Orcus exists in the way that it does. But I don't think that Omega Sentinel knows that. She just comes from a future where the mutants win. She doesn't know that it's because Moira's 10 lives of knowledge. I don't even know if she knows that Moira's a mutant or mm. was a mutant, you know? Yeah. That's some some vagueness unclarified. 
Pete Woods 86 wants to know if we thought this was all Hickman's plan for Vulcan. Introduced in X-Men 10, especially with the kind of the fire inside and the psychic constructs of Sway and Petra. I think that Hickman had a plan for Vulcan to want to claim his place on the throne, but I don't necessarily know that the puppeting by Brand is how he planned for it to happen originally. Hmm. I think that he was seeding this reach for power and this like goal to be back to this like state that he was in before and this level of authority that he had before. But I think the story with Brand utilized that setup to be what it is now. And I don't necessarily think that that was the original intent for him to be woven into Brand's plan. Yeah. It's interesting because he definitely built up the Shi'ar Empire in -hmm. those first couple of issues and in those arcs even in connection to the new mutants story when they're out there and, and they steal the brood egg and right. really connecting those dots of the deep space arcs i think it's the same issue in x-men 10 where the summers family without vulcan visits chandelar mm-hmm. and they're on that beach and you know to to see that happening in one space there is definitely some kind of connection between the two the image of Vulcan falling through space, which is connected to Realm of Kings, where he's apparently killed in a massive explosion. So I definitely think that like there were parts of that that he had ideas for. But I agree with what you're saying is that mm-hmm. like the details of seeding that into Brand's plan in Swords, Prominence, a lot of that had to have come from Al Ewing. Yeah, but inspired by. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's the arc. Yeah. Are Brand's motives ultimately good for soul? Does the means justify the end? No, I don't think so. Because I think that Brand is power hungry. And she says that all of this is for soul. But if she was really interested in soul's benefit, it wouldn't have to be her at the head of the game. Yeah. It wouldn't have to be her with all the glory. I think she she might think that it's for the good of soul. But it also really is for the good of her. Oh, yeah. It's definitely for her leadership of soul. But I don't know. I'm conflicted by this question because I think that dependent on what she sees in the the future or what she's expecting is going to happen as this all-out galactic war, I don't think that soul as a space system is ready for that without the moves that she's making. But I don't think that any entity can really be at its best when the person who is in charge of it is more concerned with their own well-being than they are with the well-being of the entity. Like, I just think that, yes, maybe she is putting things in place, but she also doesn't care like she wanted Araco to be destroyed. And Araco was a nation full of warriors. So if there's going to be a threat coming to Seoul, those are people who are really well equipped to fight on your behalf. And pitting all of these different areas of Seoul against each other to get what you want isn't going to make Seoul in its best defensible state. Mm. It's going to make everybody... like. 
you're setting up all of these people to now battle each other. And then if a giant threat comes to them, they're all depleted. They're all injured. They're all like they already went through this battle. That doesn't put them at their best state to be attacked. Mm -hmm. So I just don't see how she's actually benefiting soul. Like, how is making each element of soul destroy each other making it the strongest entity? Well, I mean, she didn't she didn't cause Judgment Day. No, but she's trying to cause a civil war. Amongst who? Question mark. Like, she's she's asking for the Shi'ar and Krakoa and Orchid. Like, she's asking for all of these entities to be at each other's throats. At least that's how I see it. I feel like she's trying to pit everybody against each other so that she can swoop in and save them. I think Orcus and Krakoa are naturally against each other. I don't think that she's adding to that in any way. She's fueling it in that she's giving information to them. Sure, right? Uh, I would agree with you in the Shi'ar element in that she's kind of causing some turmoil in their ranks, especially by introducing Vulcan. And I just... I think that that's to cause more instability in other empires as she's trying to position her own here in Seoul. But like if she doesn't have Arako and she doesn't have Krakoa on her side, then what is Seoul? Earth? Seoul is Earth and the potential. So Arako is just the island on Mars. Right. Right. So Arako, that's even part of her point of trying to get them to go back to Amenth. She wants Seoul as that seat of power to have as the diplomatic ring, to have as a place where, to basically have as a, a, a player in this larger scale conversation. What they have to go further, I mean, they have Orcus making robots and colonizing different other places. The mutants continuing to do their thing and to, to build their dominion of sorts. I don't know. I, there's, there's no answer to this. Right, right, right. It's just... Eric Hoffman kind of felt like he missed a step in X-Men Red story. Was it because of AXE? I forgot what was going on before. So was Brand's plan to mess with all the sides and reap the benefits? Put them at each other's throats? I don't know. I think, I think we're talking about that as we're going through it. That she's basically just trying to cause destabilization and... Chaos. She's, she's, she's apocalypse right now. She's right? chaos. She's, she's doing chaos magic. She's trying to bring up the strong... And weed out everybody else, basically. I just feel like, though, like, who does she consider the strong? That's the problem. It's like herself. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's my biggest argument for Abigail Brand. It's like, I just don't understand how she can be successful when she thinks she's the only one worthy of success. You cannot do it all by yourself. It doesn't work like that. You can't run an entire nation by yourself. You can't run an entire universe by yourself. She's got Mentallo. Uh <laughs> just gets me so aggravated. She just gets me so aggravated. She, her and Beast together. And the way she was like, oh, my on and off, on and off again relationship with Beast will help me. Like, mm. how, Abigail? How? What are you guys up to? You stinkers. From Michael Fox, that reveal of who Orbis Stellaris is. Holy crap, we are in for a treat. Just the, the What does that mean? The background dealings of... Orbis's involvement with Vulcan and oh, got it, got it, got it. all the other things that he's been doing. Yes. Yeah, I think that it's about to get bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah. Our last question is from Vaderino. Xandra is for sure going to flip this in a completely unexpected way. 
Brand assumes one will kill the other, but I don't think that will happen. I like that Brand recognizes Krakoa's hubris, but doesn't see her own. There's no way the Iraqi would go back to Amenth. Krakoa couldn't convince them if they tried. Right. And especially after... Okay, first of all, just for the last part of that statement, especially after what happened with Judgment Day and the way that the Iraqi are shifting their values and what makes you Iraqi, like that, the way of living on Amenth, like that, that's not where they want to be anymore. That's not who they see themselves, like their identity as a people is changing. So I don't see them wanting to go backwards. At at this point, I would agree with you. But it's interesting that not but a few issues ago, they were voting on if they were to go back and continue mm-hmm. their war times, what they know. Right. right? That's, that's actually what they, they wanted. And I'm totally interested to see how Xandra takes over this conversation. I do, too, because I feel like Xandra is also looking at things differently. Like, she's trying... She's acknowledging the flaws in the Shi'ar system. So I don't know. I just feel her like I could just imagine her being like Vulcan being like, I'm the king. And she's like, okay, let's talk about that. What do you, what do you want? Yeah. How can we fix this? And she'll just like talk it out with him. I don't know. I do think. Well, especially if she's a telepath. Right. I think she's got some, some tricks up her sleeve that will definitely be surprising and she's already showing in marauders that she is a surprising leader that she leads with compassion that she leads with understanding Mm -hmm. and and she leads with a sense of making things right yeah that's exciting what's what what do we have to look forward to next week that's just that was that was a lot for just two issues two and a half issues if you count captain marvel well then three issues because you got to count the the X-Men Unlimited also kind of counts as a half issue, so those right, two combined. All right, all right, all right. I'll give you that. We got a big week next week. Oh, goody. Judgment Day Omega, number one. Oh, Sweet the face Lord. just faded from her. Okay, I will go into it. I will be positive. I will not put any negativity on it. I will read it afresh. We'll get both of these out at the... Oh, snap. <laughs> Legion of X, number seven. Yay. <laughs> the fourth smile, y'all. Marauders number eight. Okay. Wolverine number 27. Yep. Sabretooth and the Exiles yes! number one. That's, well, yeah, of course. I don't want to call it the book of the week now, but. Ooh, Calling yeah. it that's book the, of the week. That's the one I'm most excited about for sure. And X-Men Legends number four, but that ain't real. <laughs> <laughs> that's not real. What is X-Men Legends? Do you, what, who is it? It's another of Longshot. Oh, right. Continuing that story. That's a huge week. That's a big one. And and both Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man. Oh, what am I going to do? And I got to work on Wednesday night. Justin. And I got to work on Thursday night. Justin, you read all of X-Men Red for pleasure the other day. What are you going to do? You're going to read them all and you're going to read them all two or three times and you're not going to sleep and you're going to read comics. I can do that? You, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> All right, I'm going to finish Astonishing (laughs) X-Men tonight. (laughs) No, I'm going to edit. Oh, man. Until next time, old How (laughs) freaking dare you? Are you kidding me? Okay, this episode is an outrage. We were definitely in giddier spirits than maybe some other days today. But you just trying to end this with violence? You just trying to take all my things? 
My fire, an inferno that will burn your pathetic alliance where it lies if you dare to stand against your betters. Rejoice, bold men of the Shi'ar. Raise your swords and sing your hasanas. Your king has returned. Well, on that note, I guess we're going to go. So until next time, old friend, Charles. (laughs) I'll allow it. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.